podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome on, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns of Nation. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore, and we are previewing Texas Tech's game this Saturday against the West Virginia Mountaineers. And because of that, I had to bring my tag team teammate, that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Albie? Just got off the country roads high. I am back and better than ever, ready to be hurt again by football. Hopefully not, but... Here we are, <laughs> just doing so the thing. So one thing before, well, before we get in a little deep into the preview, one thing we have failed to do recently and we need to do is a little bit of a Red Raider roundup. And we need to talk a little bit about some of the other sports that are going on in tech. And one big reason is because our soccer team is killing it. Our soccer team's absolutely killing it. That team, they just spanked Oklahoma last week. And actually, I watched that game. I sat through all the goals, uh, seven nothing. It was fantastic. Um, and then they they've routed off an undefeated mark in conference so far uh, currently. Right now, as we're recording, they are uh, playing Baylor, if I'm not mistaken, and they are currently winning two to one. Mm-hmm. The team is good. The team is good. Kirsten Davis, in my opinion, is probably the best player we've had since Janine Becky. And, and I would argue the team is more well-rounded this year than they've <clears throat> ever been. Kirsten Davis, like you said, man, opportunity last season after coming off a tremendous season with a just plethora of goals, leading goal scorer for Lady Redders, having the ability to move up to the professional stage, decides, uh, I'm going to take one more year around the sun. Uh, one more time around the sun with Tom Stone because Coach Stone is a fantastic coach. He's been a fantastic coach since he's come here. He recruits highly at the international level, brings in a lot of top-tier talent, and uh, it's just showing up in the box score every week, it seems like. The only loss coming against Arizona State earlier in this season, uh, that one felt kind of weird, but since then, it's really been multiple goals every game. I mean, we're averaging like four goals a game, it seems like, you know, factoring in that Oklahoma 7-0 uh, win last weekend. And currently up uh, 2-1 on an undefeated Baylor. Yep. No, it's great. And, and uh, an undefeated Baylor, I believe they're ranked too. So that is, is going to be a big win since the United Soccer coaches don't want to rank the Texas Tech Raiders because they hate us. You know, I'm, I'm sick of this. We are one of the best teams in the country. We're 9-1-1, about to get to 10-1-1, knock on wood. And um, the team is good. The team is absolutely good. I will say, Jeremy, I'm instituting a tortillas and takes rule, a tortillas and takes policy no more lady. We're not saying Lady Raiders anymore. I've been inspired by Coach Colleen from the Baylor Bears, who said that she does not want her team to be called the Lady Bears. And I agree. If you've been listening to us for a long time, uh, back in the area podcast days, I've said how annoyed I am that we separate the Lady Raiders from the Red Raiders. All of our athletes are Red Raiders. I respect that. The Texas Tech Red Raider soccer team are really good. Lady Bears in the wild, though, absolutely ferocious. So that makes sense. But hey, Red Raiders. Our Red Raider women's soccer team <laughs> <laughs> is killing it. I respect the. I respect that you could not would not not throw a jab at me. <laughs> I respect that. I like that a lot. Um, and so I know you might be saying, "Well, you're doing the Red Raider roundup. Are you going to talk about volleyball too?" No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd rather not. Actually, I mean the team is ten and five. Look, it's Red Raider volleyball. I don't know what to you can expect if you've watched a volleyball team for a while. We just. You know, good, good job, good. We effort. are grinding. Really we are much. grinding. Ten and five, but we're, we're zero and two in conference with a two. We're, we're, we've hey, lost they, the past two games. So, 
We're trying hard, okay? Yeah. <laughs> We're trying really hard. That's 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 what matters, okay? <laughs> you know, shout out, shout out the Red Raider volleyball team. Yeah, you know, I, I see the effort being put forth there. So let's move on. This Saturday, Texas Tech goes on the road to play once again on the road to play the West Virginia Mountaineers. I will be in Morgantown. I'm very excited about this game. I will be in Morgantown to watch this game. Jeremy, I told you pre-pod. I got all my daughters. Got them all tech gear to be ready because they didn't have enough. Got myself a new jersey. I'm, I'm going to be decked out. We're going to be ready out. I'm excited for this game. Are you? Nobody's going to be that dude, people, and I cannot wait. Oh. Uh, told me how much you spent. What a Red Raider fan. You'll never, you won't find a bigger Red Raider fan this side of the Mississippi. So I know if anything, it just tells me I'm getting like older. Because before, like if a, a 25 year old, I would be like, man, look at this, look at this loser over here. <laughs> Tech out. <laughs> tech jersey. So tech stuff. You know, tech jersey, tech hat, three tech daughters. What's wrong with this guy? And now I'm that guy. You, you I'm, have. I'm you hit guy. it. You hit it, Albie. You hit the adulthood. I, uh, I'm super excited for this game. Um, again, I tried to institute for myself uh, and for our listeners and for all football fans out there that this is a year. Uh, this is another season of football, and we get to enjoy it stadiums action uh covid not being as present an issue as it was certainly last season and so i'm trying to enjoy it now that being said we had a i was about to say have we gotten that far down after last saturday that we're saying you know what <laughs> who needs wins and losses that being said <laughs> that being said we should just be should we just be happy i that we're- <laughs> I, I have never been lower than uh than i have been uh oh, last weekend so uh Texas Tech. Let me tell you something. Three and one. Resident, resident optimist Jeremy Gillen uh, is he? Uh, you've given up on that. <laughs> I well. gave up. I gave up so much. <laughs> oh, I, I've been. I, and God, Abby, we've been doing this for a while. I have been 100% for the Texas Tech Red Raiders through a number of coaching changes, through a number of quarterbacks, through a number of terrible and embarrassing losses. And I, I saw when. <laughs> Somebody tweeted about, is this the worst loss? And you swept in. You're like, does everybody forget about that TCU loss? Like, are we just <laughs> pretending that never happened? Oh, yeah, man. Is, uh, honestly, thinking about the terrible losses in the past decade in Texas Tech football made me actually appreciate 70. We scored 35 points. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at with that game Saturday. I'm like, you know what? We got some points on the board. That's what matters. And you know what? The game yeah. is over. It's out of the way. We don't have to play Bijan Robinson ever again. Let's freaking move on. Let's move on, people. So with that being said, um, another guy that we're not going to see, at least for quite a while, is Tyler Shuck. Broken collarbone, out for six weeks. Honestly, there's a good chance he might be even be out for the year. That's that's a touchy, touchy injury. Um, so it's Henry Columbia season. We kind of saw a little bit of Columbia last year. Coaching staff all offseason said he got a lot better. He truly pushed Shuck for that starting spot. And uh, we kind of saw it in the game. I mean, like, look, and I, and I, and I said it on the, on the Raspy Voice Kids podcast that Columbia, when he came in the game, it wasn't just lucky throws. I mean, these were strikes right on the money, in stride, to his receivers, all of them. And um, he, he played a really good game. You know, he just, it's a, one of those weird things where he, he plays a fantastic game and still gets beat by five touchdowns. Yeah, I, we, we, it was a tall task when he stepped on the field. It was basically basically just, hey, just go out here and uh, let's just let's just run practice, right? Because this, we're not going to win this game. Let's just, let's just, let's go through the, let's go through the playbook here. But I like what you said. Uh, Columbia last year, I was really high on him because uh, came in for uh, Alan Bowman uh, when he got injured again. And 
really kind of surprised a lot of people because of course coming from um utah state right just was uh not really on a lot of people's radars i mean i loved it because he had the flow i loved it because he had the poise in the pocket but definitely uh not ready for power five as we would hope for him to be so when we were hearing things over the offseason that oh the quarterback battle is actually really close this year i know a lot of people albie and myself included were thinking uh, i don't really think so because the guy he's going up against uh was playing at oregon uh and you know there's got to have some talent to go up there and play at oregon and so we didn't really take that seriously. Now, when uh, Columbia's out in the field against Texas, who have been, you know, ringing us out up and down the sidelines all game long and hits three, three dime balls at deep. I mean, that is good. Like you said, uh, you said on the Raspy Voice Kids podcast that, I mean, these were in stride, not breaking a step, dime balls for tutties, tutties. Man, that's big. Um, some, a critique that I, I remember giving Columbia last year was that his deep ball—it just seemed form-wise like he was just not like he was not there, like he was not ready to make those deep, you know, Texas Tech big play. I think he's there, which gives us a substantial because he wasn't there last year, and we beat West Virginia. He's there this year. Sure, I, yeah, but you're absolutely right about his deep ball. His, his deep ball last year was non-existent. I mean, he just was not that guy when it came to throwing, chucking the deep ball last year. And from the jump, we saw against Texas, hey, 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 I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. So this is a different Columbia. I, I do want to, and I don't want to fall victim to this myself, of you were higher on Columbia last year than, than I was, and then, and then Dylan was also. Um, but I don't want to fall victim to my original opinion of Henry Columbia last year. I kind of want to, when it comes to Henry Columbia, I want a clean slate. This is a new offensive coordinator, um, a fairly different offense than what we had last year. And, and from everything we've heard, he's a much better quarterback. Like, this is a chance for us to come in and really see what progress has Henry Columbia made and, and what type of quarterback is he going to be. Um, West Virginia knows the type of quarterback he can be. I mean, really, his only we, – and you were talking about how we were we started off high on Columbia. I mean, it's because of the West Virginia game. This was the game. He came in his first start and, and played pretty well. I mean, played good enough to win. I won't necessarily say he played pretty well, but he played pretty good, good enough to win. I was able to – he added a new element with his running. and But it seems like, if anything, we, if what we saw from the Texas game is any indication, it looks like Cumbie and staff are using him as a passer. Like, forget all that running stuff. Go out there and sling it. Right. Last I mean, la- uh, last season, he only threw 169 against West Virginia. Basically, like I said, he filled the gap. Uh, we had a lot more rushing that game against Texas, over 300 yards. And one kind of like iffy interception. But, I mean, with a completion of 73, pretty much 74%, this is not the Columbia of yesteryear. And so I'm really, really fascinated to see how they – because remember – we were getting really excited that they started using Shuck for the RPO, uh, and we saw Columbia run a little bit last uh, last game uh, in Texas, but it wasn't more, it wasn't really designed runs. It was more like oh, the pass, the play broke down. I'm going to be the captain here and get us, you know, the first down and get us ahead, um, which is great, which is great in game sense. But now to see him, okay, do we first of all are we trusting our offensive line at all anymore? But um, you know, seeing Columbia step into this pure passer role. I really want to see how this offensive playbook opens up because we cannot continue to keep doing uh, the screens, the screens, the screens um, that we started to kind of fall back on last game. Uh, and so just really fascinating. Like you said, different playbook than last year, a different Columbia. What is it's just a big question mark on what is going to be happening in Morgantown. 
So how pissed do you got to be if you're Neil Brown? And the reason I say that is because, like, you're Neil Brown. <laughs> usually you have, like, four. At this point, you should have four games of game tape to, like, look through and be like, all right, this is the type of guy this is. Da, da, da. Now you're coming in once again against the guy that beat you last year who played differently against Texas. You don't know what the offense is going to look like with him, right? So you're like, what the hell? Like, who? what do you even prepare for? Because it's hard to prepare for Columbia how he was last year because you just saw against Texas, he's not the same quarterback. So, like, it's, it's really, like, Neil Brown's got to be pissed. Like, he's like, you got to be kidding me. We got to go up against this guy again. I don't know what type of quarterback he's going to be. This is, this is crazy. Um, I, I will say it's, I'm very curious how Sonny Cumbie is going to call this game. Because we saw the first series with, with Columbia was awful. Absolutely awful. And it had nothing to do with Columbia. It was three straight runs and then a abysmal. You know how last year, um, before I continue my point, remember how last year I kept talking about Tech being up 15 with three minutes and 13 seconds to go and us losing the game? Yep. That has been replaced, Jeremy it, Gillen. It has. It has. By Matt Wells going for fourth and six on our own field in the second quarter. Yeah. I, Who does I that? I tweeted Anyways. very angrily at that one. So, Henry Columbia, first drive, they call three straight run plays, then Henry Columbia for it to do something. They want him to just, hey, go out there and do something on fourth and six on your own 40 in the second quarter. It looks awful. We look terrible. Matt Wells waves the white flag. Game's over, right? But from that moment on, Sonny Cumbie just had an eh, F it play calling scheme where he just said, hey, just chunk the ball and see what happens, right? So I'm very curious to see what type of Sonny Cumbie play calling are we going to see in this game? Are we going to see the scared, tepid, I don't really know about this guy play calling, or are we going to see the, eh, F it, let's go. I think, play I calling. think I like the, the, way, the, the way that it panned out at, 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 in Austin, like you, you have to think that Cumbie is not going to be making the mistake of saying, well, you know what didn't work against Texas? I'm pretty sure that's going to work against West Virginia. <laughs> I th- I think a better defense. With a better, de- with a a better defense. With a better defense. Right. Like, like, I, so I, and we haven't even got to this part yet. So let's let's get into it. West West Virginia defense is good. Yes. If you listen to our preview pod, we and we we spent virtually the entire episode talking about how good this West Virginia defense was. It was a top ten defense in the country last year, best defense in the Big Twelve. That that first game against Maryland, right, was a game where we were like, ah, is this the same defense we were talking about? They got smoked by Tal, uh, Tagovailoa. <laughs> they got smoked. But since then. They've been on it. Shut out Long Island. I mean, I know it's Long Island, but a shutout's a shutout. Still impressive regardless. Beat, held Virginia Tech, 15, uh, ranked Virginia Tech with only 21 points. And then the the mighty, mighty Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma Sooners held them to 16 points last week. Right? This defense is for real. They are serious. This might be the most dangerous 2-2 two and two team in the country, if we're being honest. Yeah. Uh, seriously. No, seriously. I, I, think, I think the thing is that the Maryland game – um and mass like the Maryland game took a lot of people back, my, myself included. Like they were like, ah, maybe we were wrong about West Virginia. Maybe they're just not not this type of team. But ever since then, they've they've played like it. Um and and, and we talked about beforehand that Odd Shark really is is really low on on the Mountaineers, and I think that has a lot to do with. It. I think the Maryland game has a lot to do with it. Also, the fact that Maryland, that West Virginia in the second half of games disappears just is terrible Gone. at at closing. Um, which is funny because the Texas Tech is a in the first half of games. It's terrible <laughs> at starting. Something's got to give, Jeremy. It's going to be the last <laughs> two so- minutes of the game will be like real good football because we will have caught yeah, up, yeah. and then it'll be like, oh shit, West Virginia, we ha- we got to do something. And then for us, it's like, oh shit, we can actually win this game. And then it'll feel like real football, right? So we just have to yeah, wait. Yeah, till- yeah. <laughs> 
So West Virginia comes out to a huge lead, and then Texas Tech finds all second half fighting their way back. There you go. Columbia's just dropping uh, dimes, more dimes, and then all of a sudden it's tied up with 30 seconds to go. Who knows? So shout out to shout out to Ryan Mainville brought up this stat that Texas Tech <clears throat> is negative 28 in the first quarter this year, uh, while West Virginia is plus 25 in the first quarter this year. So not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Not great at all for that first quarter. Uh-uh. Um, West Virginia likes to start off fast. They like to start off fast, and we kind of saw that they have they've had leads in every game in the, this year in the first half. Yes, but they're a two and two team because in the second half they just squandered away. Big vanish, big vanish team reminds me of that one uh, Texas A and M team. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, so that's what's curious to me is that you feel like these. I mean, sense would common sense would tell you neither of these are sustainable. Right. If you're a head coach, neither of these instances are sustainable. If you're Matt Wells, you have everybody like you are on dial number 10 on the stove. You're sitting right on it when it comes to you got to get out. I mean, you're running one of these supposed to be kind of like the top. I would say at a certain point, uh, like this is a consensus top 25 offense in the country and you're failing to score points in the first quarter. That's when everybody's fresh. Everybody's ready to go. And you're failing to score points. That's bad. Now West Virginia, you're coming, <laughs> uh, you're coming with a really strong offensive uh, game this year, uh, better than typically you have, and you're blowing out teams in the first, but then you just kind of fall off the earth in the second. You got to close it out, and if West Virginia is a team that closes out, they're easily three and one or four and zero, oh. and then the the, the the rank or the uh, record matches up a lot more with the skill set that they have. But the problem is, is that both of us are refusing, <laughs> are refusing to find the identity, the full game identity. And I really want this game to be that moment for Texas Tech and not for West Virginia, you know? I mean, so coming off of last week's game, it's, it's going to be tough to really believe in this team. I think that's the main thing. I think Texas Tech fans are really off of this team. I still think there's, there's you know... The, this team is the season's not over, right? Like they, they're still. I know that the game seems bad, but the season's not over. They can definitely pick themselves up from this game. But it doesn't help when after the disappointing game, you're just getting bit lambashed with with injuries. I mean, there's so Taj Brooks is out once again in this game. Uh, we already talked about Tyler Shuck, how he's going to be out for virtually most of the season. Marquise Muddy Waters, your boy, Marquise Muddy Waters, out for the year. Torn pack had, had had surgery this week, um, a huge blow to the defense. Yeah, I mean, we talked about we talked already about how the defensive back unit was good together, but now we have a major piece of that, a major trust piece of that when Waters going down, and who's going to step up in his place and hopefully fill that role? Because when you switch out defensive, I, I I know you got somebody on your mind, Al. When you switch out, but when you're switching out defensive backs like that, I think there's a big trust thing, and you can hear it when some of them do their. Um, I think it was Waters who did the. Uh, um, did he get that pick six against? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was Mighty talking, so he was talking it through, and he said, "I knew that Adrian had over the top, so I took the risk." And if you go back and look at the tape, sure enough, Fry was sitting right on top, and so he was like, "Okay, I can take this risk," and then came down and got it. And but when you move, when you take that out, that chemistry out, then the whole defense starts to get a little wary. Like, okay, well, what can we? Ad- how much do we have to trust this guy? You know, what what can we do? What can we not do? Where's the risk? And when we want this defense to be a strong defense, it comes in trusting each other, and it comes especially if we want this defense to do more blitzes, which they should. It comes with a lot of trust. Yeah. 
So who do you got in mind, Albie? So I'll tell you. I mean, the, who was the defensive player of the game last week? It was De'Aaron Taylor Demerson. He's going to get a lot, a lot more playing time. Not just because of his play against Texas, but also uh, Marky, Marty Waters was one of our starting corners. Something, something's, something's got, or someone has has to fill. Oh, jeez, I'm studying all over the place. Someone has to fill that role, and I think Taylor Demerson has proven now in the last couple of games because he also played decently against FIU as well. Has proven that he's he's ready. He's ready for his time, and he's ready for his chance to fill in there. Um, I think that really the question becomes is who backfills, right? Um, who who really steps up in that aspect? And that's the question of – that's the one I'm saying I don't know. There's some other guys that may be able to to come up in the back end. I mean, maybe you get more playing time also to Adrian Fry. You brought his name up as well. Uh, Cam Watts is another guy that I think maybe may have a um, – get some playing time on a backfill uh, in a backfill role. But um, that's, I think the depth is what hurts more than anything. But I do think Taylor Demerson's ready for the, for the increased uh, load. Well, let's see one way to find out Yeah, one way to find out. So who on the West Virginia defense? I mean, we were talking about how scary they are in general, but who scares you the most this week? Oh gosh, man. Probably Jackie Matthews defensive back. Um, that's another I mean you talk about good defensive back watching some of West Virginia's games like who one of the least targeted one of the least targeted sides of the field is whatever side uh, Matthews is on there's a reason for that because if he's when he locks down his receivers and you make a bad throw he has such a quick jump to get up and under that and you better hope that he drops it this is a dangerous cornerback, and I think this week if we're uh, pushing Columbia into more of a passing, like more of that passing role, like you got to be, you have to be awake this whole game. I'm gonna go with another secondary person, Alonzo Adai. I talked about him in the preseason preview, and he's having another really good year. Um, that's what makes that secondary so scary because he can pull play in the, in, deep in the secondary, and also he lays the hat. On, on run plays as well. I mean, Adai is a really good player. Almost has 30 tackles on the on season. A, that's nuts. Yeah, already. Right, already. And so I think he's going to be end up being a guy that's on a, an all-Big 12 team uh, somewhere by the end of the year. And he's a big reason. He's one of the leaders on this defense. He's a big reason why the defense is so tough. What is the – so let me ask you this, Jeremy. What is the matchup when it comes to tech offense versus West Virginia defense? What are you looking forward to see? You know, something last week, I, I wanted to key in on tight ends and linebackers. And what did we not see a lot of last weekend? Tight ends. Tight ends and, uh, against our linebackers? Yeah, tight ends <laughs> against our linebackers. That was disappointing. Um, I think, and I'm trying to remember when we were talking to Brandon. Uh, Brandon's confidence and their defense is pretty high. I think that his he lacked a little bit in the defensive line. Or was it linebackers? I believe it was D-line. Yeah. Uh, for that, in my mind, <clears throat> I want... So if, if the defensive line is lacking, that means the linebackers have to come step and fill the role. So I, if we can get our run game going, I, again, I say to you, my man, again, tight ends. <laughs> can we implement the tight ends? Can we get our big boys the football in order to... I mean, Travis Coots is massive. Mason Tharp is massive. Can we please draw the linebackers in, get to that middle level of the field so we, one, are not challenging Columbia to be an excellent passer deep every play, and two, allowing ourselves the ability to 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 have long and sustained drives to give our defense a break. Because I think if we get... Well, you know the best way... Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, if we, if we can maintain those two things, 
Then we have a West Virginia team that struggles in the second because our defense is not gassed. Yeah. Well, the best way to have long drives and gash the defense is by having a run game. That's the reason why, for me, the big matchup is our running game versus their front seven. I mean, with our new quarterback, and I understand how Todd Brooks' injury is tough, but Sirajic actually had an okay game. Is nothing? I didn't have really any much negative to say about Sirajic in the game. Um, no, he didn't have as good games as Todd Brooks has had this year, but I, I didn't. I didn't look at Sirajic and think that he missed a step. He looked fully healthy, looked good to go, and I think he's going to have to have a big game in this one. I I didn't really like seeing Xavier White starting. I think Sirajic looked like the best quarterback or quarterback, best running back uh, for the Red Raiders last week, and I want to see what he can do against his West Virginia team. But I want to see that running game of 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 Sirajic and Xavier White going up against his front seven that has studs too. I mean, Josh Chandler ain't nothing to scoff at. Leads the team in tackles. And I think we're like third on the team in tackles just last year. He's one of, he's their star linebacker. And I'm really excited to see what happens when Sir Roderick meets him in the middle or meets him on the outside with a die. You know, what can we see there? Yeah. So Roderick last year to remember everyone that he, uh, you know, something like 68 yards and a touchdown. Um, so they're going to ask him to do a lot more this game against, I think, a better defense for West Virginia. And a lot more may not mean in the stat sheet. A lot more may mean establishing a run game that's dangerous enough so that they don't become they're not forcing us to be one dimensional. Yeah. Yep. For sure. For sure. So flipping over to the other side, um, this West Virginia offense has been uh, kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Been kind of weird. Way to put it. Jared Daggy's their quarterback. Nobody, nobody on in the state of West Virginia trusts him as a quarterback. Um, talking, to, I was, we joked in the pre in the recap that Oklahoma fans were booing their quarterback, but they were the wrong team that should have been booing the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> West Virginia. I mean, Jared Daggy has not looked great. He's not somebody that scares me. I think um, I think there's an argument that he's one of the. Uh, uh, least trustworthy quarterbacks in the in the conference right now and um it can't help his confidence that they keep taking him out for the backup right i mean talk about a complicated situation you never want to take out your starter and put in a backup and that not if there's no injury right and then oh okay but you're gonna start next week that is like psychologically at some point you're expecting yeah. oh i'm gonna be pulled well, and then they keep t- they keep bringing him in cold too, and then every time they bring him in cold, I'm like, I hope this upcoming week they keep doing it, keep doing it, keep bringing him in cold because they had one drive where they had Garrett Green the backup in three plays, and they brought or two plays, they brought him in for the third down. It was like third and eight. You're bringing Jared Dagey into to, for an obvious passing down, yeah. like Bad like it's, it's it's just not not yeah not beneficial at all. Neil Brown, you're my boy, but this is just not a good way to do. That's it a Matt Wells move, but, Brian. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but keep it up. One more week. One more week. Just you know, um, don't rush things. So anybody else on the West Virginia side that scares you? I mean, Letty Brown. Letty Brown's a good running back, man. Oh, Letty. I, I if as a Texas Tech fan, you always have to say the running back. But Letty Brown's been efficient for him. I mean, he's got five touchdowns on the year, over three hundred yards. He's just been a consistent force for them on the ground. And I think when Jarrett Dagey does poorly, they can rely on Letty Brown to pick up. Um, a substantial amount of yardage if it's need be. Like he's got that skill set and he's got that ability, and he's got a he's got a pretty defense off offensive line to do it with. Yeah, they're good. I mean, I will say this: one the, the thing that should make Tech fans feel a little bit better, even though as good as Letty Brown is, he's not Bajan Robinson. No, no, he is not. So, so I, I think a lot of Tech fans got to take. I know it's same old Tech, typical Tech from last week, not being able to tackle on this. The, they're going up against the best running back in the country. Right, he's not Bashan Robinson. Still really good. I'm not taking anything away from Lady Brown. Still really good. Not Bashan Robinson. I'll tell you this. So because Colin Schooler is not going to be 
he's going to probably take out some aggression on Letty Brown that he was trying to take out on Bijan Robinson. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he can. He's not going to be – couldn't do that against, against Bijan yeah. Robinson. But he, he he can do that against some some Letty Brown. So, also, they don't really have like, running back depth either. They don't really rotate very much. I mean, Justin Johnson's only had 10 touches on the year. Uh, um, and so, like, that's – that's, I think, one thing that's another positive is we're only going to see Letty. And so I'm actually – the running game actually doesn't bother me, but there's only one person. I, I have to take that back. The running game bothers me, but it's only one person in the running game that bothers me. And that is the same backup we were talking about, Garrett Green. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That boy right there scares me. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the game last week, and I was like, oh, uh, tech defense is going to have their hands full with You him. see a quarterback a run, dynamic. and you go, Damn. He is a dynamic guy, man. He he. Uh, when he comes in the game, it's they, of course they do the normal, you know, the wildcat offense because he can really run. But he can pass too. He's really good on the RPO as well. I mean, last week against Oklahoma, Oklahoma didn't know what to do. They couldn't hang mm-hmm. him. They could not hang with him. He was able to. He was able to, you know, really do some things. The problem is, is that when you get into a third down situation, Neil Brown likes to put in Jared Daigie back in. Or the in, in obvious passing situations, they don't trust Garrett Green enough yet to really be their starter. But which you wonder uh, they why? Kind of probably. Sh- I don't know. He last week he had me convinced. If I was a West Virginia fan, I'd be like, man, Gary Green, put 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 number six. Double in, G, right? it's my man. And so, but Neil Brown, I need you to hold off on that for one more week. But I will say, yeah. he scares me a lot more than a Jared Daigie. Baby steps, Neil Brown. Baby steps. And I mean, uh, can we just say that Texas Tech and dual threat quarterbacks have always been at odds with each other? Oh. They do not mix. No. Oh my goodness! And I just he scares me that much more. We're gonna see that little wildcard formation that comes out. Garrett Green will play in this game, and he'll play quite a bit uh, if it's any indication. I just think that the 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 le- the the more he plays, in my opinion, the less chance we have of winning. Like he's, I think he's a, I think he's really good. At mm-hmm. I respect that. That makes sense. All right. So, um, we're getting towards the end here on the pod. Uh, but gave me. I need you to give me the offensive player of the game for Texas Tech if they were to win. Uh, deep, deep side. Who did I pick last week? I think I picked. I think I picked a tight end. No. Dang. So if he. If Jeremy picked a tight end, that means that whoever he says is going to play terribly and won't get the ball. <laughs> let me go to the bottom of the, the Let me go to the bottom of the roster. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? Oh my God! You know who I picked? Tyler, Tyler Shuck. Shuck. That's right. You picked Tyler Shuck. Oh no! Oh my goodness! I can't pick anybody. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> Nehemiah Yikes. Martinez is going to have a tremendous game. That's a wide receiver for all you folks out there. <laughs> I, Jeremy selects the water boy. I tell you what, uh, I hope somebody who I hope has a good game, but I'm not calling that they will. Who knows? Who can say these things? Uh, is that I hope Sir Roderick Thompson gets back into the form. Yo, pause. You the week before you said Todd Brooks was the offense player. Don't make any predictions. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh Don't no. Don't make any predictions. Oh my god. Didn't you call Muddy Waters to be the player of the game stop. on defense last week? No, too? stop. We're. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, uh, this has been the Tortillas and Takes podcast. Oh, I am man, officially resigning from my post. I'm sorry, Sir Roderick. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Xavier White, get ready for the TCU game. <laughs> ah, yikes. <laughs> Woo, buddy. I, um, the, oh, my the, God. The power I have.
<laughs> you know who is going to have a good game now, for West Virginia? <laughs> now that yeah, no, no, right. now that Jeremy is cursing Roger Thompson, unfortunately. Oh um, for me, oh, man, offensive player of the game. What happened to Eric Azukanma? What happened? Eric Azukanma. I'm I'm ready for him to get back. Right, Henry Columbian, easy. They go back from last year. I mean, remember, if you remember last year, uh, Columbia loved him some easy. Wanted to get him the ball. They had they've had that continuity uh, together. So I would be I I I am interested in seeing Columbia get easy the ball a lot more in this game, using him as a safety valve. I think this is the time the game that we see easy really come back in the fold and have another hundred yard game. Big prediction. You know who I liked seeing yeah, last I, week? Luke Fungi. Who's that? Lo- Dude, I've been talking about Lord Fungi for now two years. What I feels like two yeah, years. Yeah, it's now. been a while. He's a he's a beast. He's great. He's a beast, and I was I was glad <laughs> to see him actually get some PT last week. I mean, he showed what he was made of. The- you saw a little uh, little catch and a little hey, get off me, Brennan Schooler. Yeah, touch run into your team touchdown. I got this. The guy was yeah. tremendous. I mean, he's good. Yeah, play him more. I mean, this he's was a good. huge recruit. This was a massive recruit that we got yeah. from Four-star West Texas. Guy. Why are you not using him more? Yeah, four-star guy. He has all the talent in the world, and, and I hope to see him a lot more as well. So defense, who are you going to curse for us this time? Defense player of the game, Jeremy. I'm not saying a single person, Albie. <laughs> I'm not. What's the point? What is the point? Let me go down to the bottom. Oh, my God. <laughs> Patrick Curley, oh. linebacker, is going to step in and make a difference this game. You know what's funny is Curly, Curly could actually be playing in this game. So like That's <laughs> that's my pick, man. All right, fun. he's going to come I mean, in and have <laughs> a tremendous game. You go, Patrick. I mean, okay. All right. Should have I mean, picked hey, the tail. Be... So I'm going to go off a little, a little bit. Brandon Boyer Randall. He has a lot of speed. Letty Brad also has a lot of speed. And I think and I think in this game, you're going to have a situation, like I said, Garrett Green's going to be going to play. I think he's even going to play more this week than he did last week. And Having those speed linebackers like a Brandon Boyer Randall is going to be big because both of those guys can move. And so I uh, that's actually who I think is going to be a big difference maker. I Give me over five tackles for Brandon Boyer Randall and really making an impact and being all over the field uh, for BBR. I like that matchup. Randall over yeah. Brown. That's pretty good. Yep. <laughs> all I do is good matchups. You know what I'm best at, Jeremy? Not cursing players on our team. That's what I'm. Look. Okay, well, what, if we're gonna, let's just go through. Let, we haven't created a stat sheet for this, but if you want to do that, let's go ahead. <laughs> oh man! So, uh, Jim, let's get to the final predictions. Can the Texas Tech Red Raiders defeat the team that you <laughs> said would win eleven games this year? Jeremy, I mean, Jeremy, for the West Virginia Mountaineers to win eleven games, like you predicted, they have to win out. Yeah. They have to win every game left on their schedule. Which means t- including Saturday. this game. So what is so what do you you know be be put your analyst cap on Man. like you did when you predicted eleven wins for this West Virginia Mountaineers right. team. I worked hard on that one. Maryland week, they ended up losing to Maryland week one. Yeah. Put your analyst hat on. <laughs> what are you Virginia saying about my hat? <laughs> what are you trying to say about my hat? Well, does West Virginia still have what it takes to win this week and then win every game? From here on out, from here on out, which means also going to the Big Twelve Championship, by you. But really, they can go like they can go eleven. Bro, let me tell you what's up. Let me tell you this yeah. is the, this is the situation. <laughs> we cannot. Last weekend was demoralizing for me. I I you know I love I love looking at it. And be like you know what, we can do better, and we we will. And you know even if we don't, at least I was an optimist. Last week broke me. 
<laughs> West Virginia came out against Maryland and lost. I thought, damn it. Well, you know what? They get the bad one out of the way. They smacked LIU, shut out. And I was like, you know what? Here it is. <laughs> and then when they were winning against Oklahoma, I te- oh, I put in the group me. I was like, here it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when nobody ever replied and they lost anyways. <laughs> so now we're in a situation where West Virginia has to win out. Uh, and that includes beating our Texas Tech Red Raiders. Um, I mean, who knows? Matt Wells is 2-0 and against Neil Brown. But Matt Wells is 2-0. and Henry Columbi hey. is 1-0. and He is. Hey, bro. So that means, hey. where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? Hey, and we're in Morgantown. Um, That's true. I, I, oh, God. This is actually really tough. Um, I, I, the the spread is 7.5 West Virginia. Uh, anybody watching Texas Tech last weekend would say, no way in hell, it's got to be at least 21 West Virginia. Anybody who's watching West Virginia is saying, I have no idea what to think about this team. Uh, Odd Shark has it as 27-25 Texas Tech victory. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the West Virginia Mountaineers this weekend because it's going to be in Morgantown. All of the things we are lining up is like, okay, something has to give, something has to give. I trust more Neil Brown's coaching as a head coach and I do in Matt Wells right now. And so I think that Neil Brown is going to be more focused on getting the offense active in the second. And you know where I think that starts? I think that starts with Garrett Green. So I think West Virginia pulls this game out. I think they score a touchdown in the second half and that's exactly what they need to win. Garrett Green, the more he plays in this game, the less like confident I am Texas Tech wins the game. And I don't think we'd ever say that about any other backup quarterback. But it's just he's dangerous. He was so dangerous in that Oklahoma game. Um, and who's even more dangerous is that West Virginia defense. Um, going up against Henry Columbia in his first start of the year. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying this because I don't think what Henry Columbia is, can can make it happen. I do. I think he's. I think he's serviceable. I think he'll be decent. He can't be any worse than what Tyler Shuck was in the first couple of quarters of before he went down. Columbia is going to have right? to play like, like the game of his career. Columbia's going to have to play really good. And I just, um, I, it's not that I don't have faith in Columbia. I don't really have faith in, in this offensive, some of the offensive play calls has been going on. I don't really have faith in um, this defense to hold the, the wildcat offense that comes through here that also we don't have very much tape on either. Um, it's 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 tough. It's a rough one. If you watched West Virginia last week, and you watched Texas Tech last week. I don't see how you think Tech's gonna win this game. It's it's Tech has like Tech cannot play anything close to what they played last week. I would argue Tech can't play anything close to what they played for the last three weeks. Right? We saw the Tech team that played Houston. And we have not seen them since. Even against FIU, we still did. That's not the we have not seen that Houston team or that Texas Tech Houston team since week one. And I don't think we're gonna see it here either. Uh, I got West Virginia winning 31-21 in this game. And uh, Texas Tech will fall to 3-2. But fun fact I want to tell you, Jeremy. TCU plays Texas this week. TCU is 7-2 against the Longhorns since joining the Big 12. The week after, or the week before they play Texas, they usually lose. They have something like a 30% winning percentage. The week after they play Texas... They usually lose. They are three and six in games after they play Texas. Do you know who TCU plays the week after next weekend? Oh, Texas Tech. Hey, who did wait? Did, did TCU uh, did they win last weekend? They did not. Oh. 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 
So a conference home opener, homecoming. I'm just, I'm just putting that. You know I'm putting that out in the energy. And that's we like both predicted Tech to, to lose this weekend. I'm gonna put that out in the out in the world uh, that Texas Tech will rebound, but rebound next week. Rebound next just week. Not, just not, just not this week. Load up on. But oh, who knows? My, you're talking about it being in Morgantown. My voice alone, actually, my middle child's voice alone is going to carry the Red Raiders through. Because, Lord Jesus, she screams like a banshee. Um, anything else you want to say to the people, Jeremy? Yes, the uh, Grim Reaper continues to follow me around because uh, we talked about Texas Tech soccer at the opening of this podcast, and they just fell to Baylor 3-2. to two. So, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know, man. <laughs> ah, I hate it here. Um, no, nah, it's okay. The, the girls are still very good. Um, or the, the women, I should say. The women are still very good. Uh, go support the Texas Tech soccer team because they are. They're, I mean, they're they're nine two and one right at this point. They're still a very good team, and they've still proven it against a very good Baylor team. So, it is what it is. Go team, go team, go. Um, as far as me, I mean, look, let's. This is the chance for Columbia and Wells to redeem themselves after what was a terrible showing last weekend. But hopefully, we're both wrong. They come out, they they show what they're made of, and and Wells keeps his foot on Neil Brown's throat. As uh, and, and keeps his hot streak up, continually defeating the West Virginia Mountaineers. We'll see. I hope so because I'm there. And you, I will say this: I have a pretty good home record of being at, at games that I'm at. Pretty good record. The game where Mahomes won, beat TCU at TCU. How was there? Hey, the game. Where, where's the last uh, West Virginia game you went to? Oh, the, the Geno Smith. Pretty good. That's true. That's hey. the last Texas Tech West Virginia game I went to was the Geno Smith game. There you go. And uh, they were on that one, right? I have a pretty good track record of games that I go to recently. Actually, I'll say this. The only road game that I've been to since graduating that we've lost was one of the um, one of the Baylor games in, in, in Jerry World and the Ole Miss game, the Ole Miss energy game. That was terrible. But out of that, outside of that, every other regular season game that I've been to, the Red Raiders have won. I forgot you went to that Ole Miss game. I did go to the Ole Miss game. I went to I, uh, the. I, I we both have watched luckily, the Texas Tech I, loss I, in well, NRG threw, now. Yeah, but well, I threw the the ball at the Dr Pepper shootout thing, and I lost to the Ole Miss guy. Luckily, Tech lost so bad in that game that people forgot about that pretty soon, pretty quickly. Hey, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. I appreciate. it. Thanks that. for the ball. So, hey. but yeah, uh, good game this weekend. Hopefully Tech pulls it out, even though me and Jeremy obviously don't think it's going to happen. But uh, we're still going to be rooting on for the Red, rooting the Red Raiders on. Um, and, uh, yeah, big signing. Robert Jennings, three-star power forward from Texas Impact, just signed on to Mark Adams and company. Big get, long athletic wing, a Mark Adams prototype. Should be a lot of fun for the basketball team. Can't wait to see him in action next year. And what do you say, Jeremy? It bumps us up to like a top 25 recruiting class for 22? Bumps us up over Texas for sure. That's and that's all that really matters. Am I right? That's right. Baby. All right. For Jeremy Gillen, our producer extraordinaire, that is Dylan Smythe. This is Albie Shore. You've been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay rocked, people. <laughs>